With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He's Will Massasak, storyteller extraordinaire. And she's Emily Lutzker, culture vulture. And, and this, this is the, the ACES, ACES Artist Choice Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another edition of the podcast where we talk about films, film performances, artistic people and the weird stuff that we think of uh, when it comes to those things and with me this time for the first time this year on the podcast is the co-founder of the AC's Artist Choice Organization. It's Emily Lutzker. Emily, how are you? I'm good. I'm really excited to talk about the films that have been nominated for this year's AC Awards. <laughs> as, as am I. We have a couple of great guests coming up shortly, but uh, the third annual AC's nominations are out into the world. Can you believe it? Third year already. So exciting. And we've got 26 categories this year, full of nominees. And of the 73 films nominated, there's no way on earth we can talk about all of them in this one-hour podcast. But let me start the conversation by saying to you, Emily, uh, what were the highlights for you in terms of the films of 2017? There were a lot of moments in film that stood out for me this year. Of course, I loved Columbus because I love architecture, and, but I really liked how they used the architecture itself to tell the story the sort of way that you could see into buildings or not see into buildings or move through rooms like people were kind of moving through life or interacting with each other, the way that they concealed or revealed what was happening in the story and the relationship with the characters. It was just gorgeous and really well thought out. I also like the square because I love the, the art world. And, uh, and what I thought was so great about that film was how it showed us how we're all living in our little bubbles, you know, whether it's the museum bubble or whether it's, you know, our sort of roundabout trying to get through life bubble or, uh, or the, the thing that we're just focused on in that, in that moment, like how everybody, you know, ran for uh, the dining room as soon as food was served and didn't want to hear, you know, what the chef was presenting. Uh, I really liked that that film in a lot of ways, how it was um, just a kind of slice of what we see, you know, whether it's the thing that that people want us to see or not. Um, And it was funny. And uh, and maybe the third film that, that stood out for me is Mother. I thought it was sort of the most profound film of the year, really in terms of Aronofsky's kind of body of work that he's made, uh, I think it's kind of an important film, a sort of allegory of, of what it's like to be a woman. You know, I thought it was just remarkable that he could capture that in a way. Of course, you know, thinking of it in those terms wasn't necessarily what he thought about when he was making it. But it was really such a uh, powerful film and a hard film to watch, like his films are. Yeah, well, we are going to talk about um, all of those, I think, at some point. So, I, you know, since you're the music expert. Mm. Um, I'm really curious about what you think about some of the musicals that were nominated this year, musical or musical subject. Um, We've got some interesting ones. 
And they are Beauty and the Beast, Coco, Folk Hero and Funny Guy, The Greatest Showman, and Patty Cakes. It's funny, like last year, all everybody wanted to talk about was La La Land. That was the sort of the year of the musical at the forefront of a conversation about films. Um, I, I liked the film uh, Sing Street and, and a couple of other things last year that were sort of musically oriented. This year, it's it's weird. It's like the big the big film is Coco that everybody wanted to talk about. And while I sort of appreciate the you know very broad audience Disney film in all its glory that Coco is, and it's a big thing for uh, you know for uh, Latin American culture and and this kind of thing. Um, I I don't know. I kind of felt like it wasn't a big year for like the musicals, like out and out musicals, uh, like you would think of traditionally what musicals would be. Um, but I think a film like Patty Cakes, which isn't necessarily, you know, what most people might think of as a musical with where they break into song, you know, in the, in the middle, uh, it still has songs that are a big part of telling the story about the film, uh, which I liked a lot. And then, you know, then you have, uh, things like The Greatest Showman and, uh, Beauty and the Beast, uh, that are more traditional musicals. And then Folk Hero and Funny Guy, which is, you know, about a musician with songs in it. Um, just felt it was a, you know, a little bit of a different kind of a year. Somebody's with us. Who's with us? It's Paul. Hello, Paul. Hi, Paul. <laughs> I don't know who these people are. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> it's Emily and Will. Wow. Oh my gosh. Wow. It's like a. It's like a double whammy. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, well, of uh, great news. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are, in fact, that's how we generally refer to ourselves when we're introducing ourselves. Oh. We are a double whammy of greatness. This is Emily and Will you're talking to. Uh, and with us is uh, an artist, and uh, I know you're, you're, uh, you're going after your advanced degree in curmudgeonry. And, uh, I think no, 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 far along. no. No, not anymore. Uh, uh, after our last conversation, I, uh, um, I, I got a lot of bad feedback. <laughs> you did not. You, I, I loved it. I thought you were you were our, our podcast star. No, I told him really? it was it was Will. Will Will brought it out and uh that you know I'm gonna I'll I'll try to be nicer. So I blamed you, Will. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh great. Um. <laughs> no no no. Actually I got good feedback. Uh, people people uh people enjoyed it. I did get a couple of people that you know that said, Wow, you know, why don't you lighten up or something, but um, I don't think I was that. I don't think I was that bad. Oh, you know, you were great. You were great. Oh, <laughs> she re we really so, thought you were great. Oh, thanks. So, um, so Will just told me that I have to introduce you properly. Well, yeah, because you so, didn't uh, get a chance to introduce him last time. So. <laughs> so, with us today is Paul Evans, who's an artist and a curator. Who? Uh, oh, I was okay with the, uh, you know uh, going after an advanced degree in curmudgeonry. I oh, think that's fine. So with yeah, us today sure. is Paul Evans, who's an artist and curator, and going after his advanced degree in curmudgeonly. Actually, he's a recovering curmudgeon. A recovering curmudgeon. <laughs> and a recovering curator. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, now that you're recovering, um, you know, Paul and I talked on episode one uh, this season uh, about uh, things we hate about films, which was which turned out to be a really fun podcast. Uh, yeah, well, conversation, um, but uh, but now we get down to the nominations and the things that are uh, you know what people thought were the good things that might not that might include some things we didn't like as well, um, but but in general, I mean, um, you know, I, I know you've had a chance to uh, 
to, to see what the results were of the nominations. And, uh, you know, some films that we talked about, The Shape of Water, Get Out, uh, I, Tanya, Call Me By Your Name, Phantom Thread, these were the films that got uh, the most nominations, Shape of Water leading the way with 10, ten nominations. But uh, Columbus, which is a film that, that not only you liked, but that I really liked. And I loved it. Um, I loved it. Yeah, yeah. did get seven nominations as well. So yeah, it's sort of a mixture of what you might expect and what you might not expect. Uh, what was your take in general on the nominations? Did we do, did we do good at the ACs? Yeah, they were very, uh, um, uh, I don't want to say diverse, but, uh, you know, there was definitely some, some familiar, you know, things. But I was very, I was really happy that, that Columbus was there. And I think, you know, your categories uh, are good, meaning, like, you had one that was, like, uh, obscure or something or other, right? Or, like... <laughs> <laughs> obscure. Yes, the obscure something or other category, which... Un- unappreciated, <laughs> unappreciated, obscure, supporting something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, we, did, we did a couple of things, I think, that, uh, uh, that were sort of... In, inspired, you know, when we first imagined the ACs. One of them was we decided not to have a separation between male and female. You know, right. why... In terms of acting awards, what, yeah. yeah. in yeah, terms yeah. of acting awards, you know, why limit that? And we've got um, art house or limited release, you mm-hmm. know, so um, so specifically things that... Or smaller you know, films, yeah. That were, that were smaller films or because not sometimes people, yeah. they, they get, mm-hmm. you know, just dwarfed by the, by the larger films. Yeah, and yeah. The, um, and the other one, we combine short with experimental. Um, oh, you're probably the only people who do that. Yeah, it's like a, I feel like you'd have to have a special experimental film junkie people to be interested in that such such a thing. But it's actually it was you know speaking of that category, uh, it was a, sort of an interesting year for that. It was uh, you know a year where there's I don't know did you, did you see Rat Film or Manifesto or these these uh, things? No. So, Emily, tell us about Manifesto, because I know this is a film that you saw early on. It was part of an art installation. And I don't know where you saw it exactly and all that business. but So I was lucky enough to see Manifesto um, uh, in the original installation at the Park Avenue Armory in New York. So it was presented as, a, um, as an art exhibition, um, and it was amazing. Basically, it was, I believe... Uh, eight screens that were going simultaneously with shorter pieces of the film that were timed so perfectly, and they were all featuring Kate Blanchett, and she was um, different characters oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. reciting art manifestos over, over the years. So, and it's at one you know, at different points, they would sync up and they would diverge, and and um, and then they would they would come back together. And that's a very sort of like uh, art exhibit thing to do, right? So it's funny that they kind of turned it into a cinema experience, right? Uh, so, so, so Julian Rosefeld, who was the director creator of this, he. Um, he then went and edited it down, and it was definitely at Sundance, and it was in a couple of theaters also mm-hmm. released, uh, you know, as a as a feature length. And um, I, I mean, I wonder, I wonder in a way, like why he did that. That sort of, if it was an art installation, why he went and made it into a feature length film. I have no idea, but uh, but it was. Yeah, probably to make some of the money back. Exactly. Maybe to make maybe to make the money back, or maybe to qualify for the AC Awards. You know, maybe this this is it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I was just going to say about Rat Film that it's a, you know, it's sort of ostensibly a documentary, but you know, it starts off with uh, talking about 
the city and about the unseen parts of it and the rat and rats that are alive and living vibrant part of the hidden part of the city. But it, it sort of uh, goes all over the place. It's a, you know, an interesting sort of adventure where it turns into experimental film just because it's hard to categorize exactly what it is. It, it reminds me a little in that way of Heart of a Dog, the Laurie Anderson film, um, mm. where it's, it's about a lot of stuff. It covers a lot of ground, um, but it's just more like you know, something you would go to Film Forum and see... You know, it's just like this sort of weird experience without too many expectations. I Sorry. think everything reminds you of Heart of a Dog. Uh, no, just Heart of a Dog in movies like it. Um, <laughs> Paul, what were you going to say? Sorry, I interrupted you. <laughs> no, I, I, I was going to say I remember. I, I did remember hearing about Manifesto, and I guess what you know when you have someone like Kate Blanchett in it, 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 I guess it sort of behooves you to maybe have it go wide in terms of release. I don't know. If no one was in it and it was just a pure experimental film, it probably wouldn't have gotten any, any theater release. Yeah, no. probably more like some theater or distributor approached them and were like, hey, you know, we could turn this into a thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, you know, maybe. Film Forum would show it in those places and anthology film archives and whatever. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and there's nothing wrong with Kate Blanchett doing that. I don't know. But if it was good, then it doesn't matter, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, and so while we're talking about this, just to get the whole category, this is the outstanding film, short or experimental, um, the, the short film Black Holes, uh, which is a, a really fun adventure uh, that's, a, that's a sort of a stop-action animation deal with an astronaut uh, who, who goes into space uh, and has a lot of uh, poking and prodding done to him as part of his training that turns out to be sort of disturbing for him and for us as the viewer. Uh, but that was a really, really fun short film. Um, in a Heartbeat, which is kind of a, intended to pull at the heartstrings kind of animation, big budget animation thing. My Nephew Emmett, which is a, a, a documentary film uh, about uh, Emmett Till and what happened to him in, during the Civil Rights Movement and sort of a heavy, you know, it's a completely opposite end of the spectrum from Black Holes. And I know, Emily, you saw The Eleven O'Clock. Right. It's a, uh, it's a narrative um, about a psychiatrist and his 11 o'clock appointment, who, the, who, the, the 11 o'clock appointment, uh, he thinks he's a psychiatrist. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like one of those things that high concept, when they say high concept film, this is what we're talking about. Something you can explain in one sentence that makes you want to see the film, right? So anyway, um, so, so Paul, start, what, what category interests you? I'll, I will, uh, I'll read the nominees and then we can talk about it. Okay. I think you're the you're the art house or limited release expert. I mean, the the question is how many of those uh, uh, yes. did you see? So they are. Oh, you can read them. Here. Okay, uh, a fantastic woman, uh, Brigsby Bear, Columbus, Patty Cakes, Personal Shopper, The Salesman, The Square, and Thelma. Thelma. Yeah, that's actually. It's filmed by Joachim Trier, uh, who is I think Norwegian. Uh, and it's a, you know, sort of a psychological horror film, uh, but it's, it's very beautiful and extremely Scandinavian. So that makes it a good fit for the art house films. He's a director that did uh, Oslo August 31st, which was a sort of very depressing Scandinavian film. I, um, did, see, I did see Fantastic Woman. Yes, I, I, I want to know what you think of, of that one. Um, because that was that was in the theaters for um, for a short amount of time, and I know uh-huh. that uh, within the next few days it comes out on on Amazon. On Amazon. It's a it's available to watch, but I, I didn't really notice it out there in the theaters. I mean, but 
That's so, yeah, so it was t- playing nearby, uh, and and I had a gift certificate, so I I used it um, for that, and um, uh, I I I absolutely loved it. Yeah. So, I, I, so tell I, us about it. It's a Ch- Chilean film, uh, but but I mean, some people are going to be familiar with it, but it's not that high profile here. Yeah, which, which is strange. Um, it was very. It's a very slow film, right? Um, What's it about? It's about. Uh, it's about death and grieving. That's. I mean, in, in two words, that's what it's about. Uh, a transsexual woman's boyfriend suddenly dies, and she has to deal with that. Uh, and that's really what the movie's about. You know, it, it, I think people think it's about other things, and it. You know, it's kind of. Over the top, Almodovar esque, martyr, weirdness, surreal, blah blah, and it's just a sweet, sad movie about about grieving. Isn't that corny? Yeah, that's just a it's a uh, good time date movie for the weekend. It's a good, <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually what I loved about it was, and and this was something that kind of hit me afterwards. It was about. Um, you know, and I don't want to sound, you know, like a cornball, but I am trying to change my ways. It, it was about uh, the power of art. Can you believe I just said that? It's about the power <laughs> wow. of art. Wow. I know. Wow. I know. That, that was the, almost Disney out here. That was sort of the cheesiest thing I think I've heard you say to this point. Yeah. Uh, so, very possible. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's, uh, it's really well done. It's, 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 again, it's slow. It's, it's really nicely filmed. Um, and... It, it, it's one of those movies that kind of screws with your expectations um, as it's sort of uh, progressing. You're not entirely sure where it's going to go, if it's going to be this kind of sob story or if it's going to be about, you know, whatever. So I, I, I like that it kind of screwed with my expectations, which I think, you know, we touched on before uh, when we spoke. Um, oh, and I don't want to say, can I go off on a tangent? Please. Oh, sure. I noticed that, this is what I noticed about your awards. You singled out, or not you, but, but uh, Melanie Linsky was singled out for um, that movie she did on Netflix. Yeah, I don't, with, I don't feel at home in this world anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loved that film. She was so great in it. I, you know, that, that was a good one. So I was glad, I was glad that popped up, uh, because I don't quite understand you know, the whole Netflix versus release and how that all figures out into awards and... Uh, movie yeah, movie theaters versus you know streaming I don't know but uh, that was a story great the snobbery works <laughs> yeah yeah right but that was a nice little independent movie that kind of reeked of independent movie and also showed a very strong female character that was not she she didn't pull any punches and she was tough and I it was great I thought that was really yeah cool. we, we we like this we like to support this kind of character speaking of strong female characters. And uh, the power of art. <laughs> I think joining us, I'm pretty sure, is the performance artist and professional talker, uh, Thedra Sheridan. Are you there with us? I, I am here. I, I have to warn you, oh. I am an absolute Luddite, and I could not figure out how to get my computer to dial the telephone. So I'm on my actual <laughs> phone, which has which been is having fun. problems. Oh, so, which is the one that was having problems, exactly. Yeah, yeah there might be well, some, some audio issues, which I apologize in advance for. I'm on my actual it's, phone, too, so, so it's okay. <laughs> so, I'm, more so Luddite, you are, I'm more of a Luddite than you, so, and I don't know you. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Thedra, you're on with uh, Paul Evans, who you might have heard on the podcast before, and with Emily Lutzker, recovering professional artist, 
we actually, we're all recovering from something. Uh, Paul is a recovering curmudgeon. Emily's a recovering artist. And I'm, what am I recovering? I'm recovering a sofa, I think, sometime <laughs> later this week. Peter, what are you recovering, what are you recovering from? I don't know, just life, I think. <laughs> You're recovering from trying to use your computer to make a phone call. Yeah, I really am, yeah. I mean, I've done it before. <laughs> I don't know why it's not working this time, but I think I should have yeah. given myself an extra hour to get that set up before this. <laughs> it could it could be. So um, we, we, just, we, we just got dabbling into some other questions about different things, but we have yet to hear from Thedra about what Thedra thinks about films this year. What... Uh, Tell me about something that you that you really liked or didn't like about movies this year, because it would be a great place to start. Oh, uh, something I, I really liked or didn't like. Well, um, I mean, I think there was a really great spectrum of stuff. There were certainly movies I very much didn't like this year, um, and several that I did. But I'm a big fan of when you go to a movie in the theater. I really enjoy the cheesy, obnoxious, gigantic movies. I have a friend that we just, that's kind of an outing for us. So I was very excited that there was a John Wick 2, a Fast and Furious, and a Triple X this year. <laughs> so, I just wanted so to get the... those movies in the conversation, you know, just because yeah. they all well, actually out this year. Oh, no, I gotta I say, I, have, I mean, uh, John Wick in the Keanu Reeves action film is like a guilty pleasure of mine, so I, I can Absolutely. relate to that. Absolutely. I think only we counted the people he killed, and it was hard because there were foggy <laughs> parts. So we were actually off by a couple, but uh, we got pretty close. And it worked out to um, less than one a minute for the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think out of those three films, unfortunately, you know, maybe it's a disappointment to you. Only one of them was nominated for an AC <laughs> award, which I which know. is um, which is John Wick, which got an, a nomination for outstanding stunt ensemble. Yeah, that's exactly. you know, I know for and our I, conversation I, I earlier. I assure you that I nominated all three, <laughs> but I, I felt like for for stunt ensemble, I would have probably gone for Fast and Furious or. Triple like, he punches a guy in the face with a motorcycle in that movie. I mean, <laughs> not something you, know. you see every day, exactly. I will say this um, this is a little piece of trivia for you, Phaedra, and that is that although it didn't get a John Wick 2 did not get a nomination for excellence in editing, the editor of John Wick 2 did get uh, an excellence in editing nomination for Atomic Blonde, Elizabeth Rowland's daughter. So, oh, so there's yeah. a little piece of John, at least you got a little recognition. I had a hard time with that movie. I just felt like it was... This is Atomic Blonde you're talking about. Yeah, Atomic Blonde. I felt it was a very decadent film for someone who wants to watch a woman get beat up a lot. You know? It was kind of rough for me to watch. It had a fantastic soundtrack. But it was real uh, throw-a-chick-around kind of movie. Well, she threw some people around as well. She Well, absolutely she did. It was just... Uh, you know, when I watch fight scenes in other films with men fighting, they tend not to get, like, just thrown around like rag dolls as much, I feel like. You know, they, they hit each other. Yeah, but, and she had, she had great outfits as well. I thought that, that she looked really good. You know, While she was getting the job. Yeah, yeah. I kind of hated her hair, but uh, that's just me. Um, but I did love her outfits. 
Maybe we need a best hair next year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, Ooh, have a, we have a hair and makeup category, but just, you know, why why be so broad? It could just be, you know, hair for one single character. <laughs> right, I mean, why, why are those lumped together? Exactly. Uh, I'm sorry, you know, it's my fault. Bad, who always has bad hair is uh, Jennifer Lawrence, I've noticed. Like, she always looks like she's wearing a wig. Any comment on that? Yeah, in Mother, she looks like she was wearing a wig. What, what did, uh, is, is that what you were thinking about, Paul? Emily, thank you. You picked up on my segue. That was my... my... <laughs> Emily, she you're picked up what you were laying down. <laughs> oh, I, I, I know you from way back, Paul. Way so, back. Uh... <laughs> so uh, well, first of all, I know that the other three of us did. Theater, did you see Mother by any chance? I did not see Mother. I didn't either. Um, oh, I thought you saw that. Okay. It's... Who directed that movie? Aronofsky. Yeah, yeah that's, that's why. Aronofsky did it. <laughs> that's why. See, this is why Emily wanted to see it. Yeah, yeah because I, I like him. Do you? I like him too. Deep, dark, painful. So, Paul, why didn't you see it? And Pathedra, why didn't you see it? Well, well I, didn't, I didn't see it because I, I sort of gave up on him. So after, like, Requiem for a Dream, I thought I don't really want to be put through anything, you know, that brutal. <laughs> But I was always a fan, you know. It was funny to watch the Facebook uh, posts about Mother. You know, people were like, oh, my God, this is right. And then other people were just really violently opposed to it. And I thought, I don't even want to go there yet. So I, I'm just not ready. So that, that's my response. <laughs> How about you, Thadrian? I Well, I and I'm going to, I don't know, I'm just painting myself as the uber feminazi of the conversation here. But mm-hmm. I... Uh, I really don't like that director, and I think that he really doesn't like women. Um, well, he really likes them when they're very brunette and from behind. But <laughs> otherwise, he, uh, his movies are really misogynist. I feel like him mm-hmm. and the guy who directed Black Snake Moan and Hustle and Flow, both of them, I just don't watch anything they do because I just don't want to watch them, their female characters. Yeah, Black Snake Moan definitely falls in that category. Um, I love Black Snake kind of... Moan. I love that movie. Yeah. <laughs> but I have no opinion of the director. I have no opinion of the director. But I think, I think the majority of these directors, I, you know, you're correct. I think they are misogynist. Like, you know, all of those Thomas Anderson, whatever, pain movies. I think they're all misogynist. Yeah. Well, so, and I mean, sometimes I can overlook it um, and just sort of appreciate whatever else they're doing. Yeah. I mean, there were yeah. things in Requiem for a Dream that I thought were very clever, but kind of right. after a while I just got tired of it, and I was like, I don't think I like you as a person, and so I, yeah. I kind of just don't want to watch your art anymore, you know? And I think he sort of had that kind of, you know, and I'm going into the New York zone, he had that sort of like, you know, I went to NYU, haha, and I'm going to make a film, and it's going to fuck you up. And I remember seeing that movie, I think it was at the Angelica, and people were People yeah. were fainting. They were fainting during that movie. <laughs> and I thought, wow, shit. Um, Back in so yeah, the I day. Yeah, I think there's something about him that's not quite right. And I think, you know, his, current, his, his recent movies, you know, he's going to that realm where it's like, it's not about us anymore. And it's, it's, it's just about him. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I kind of had a, I think it was, The Wrestler was my last one. And that was it. I didn't see Black Swan and I didn't see Mother. It's just like, well, it's funny that you, um, you sort of a good segue into the conversation about that, you know, directors, we, this is something touched on, on one of the earlier podcasts this year, 
that directors were, you know, it's always working through the issues, you know, and some, for some of them, it's their issues with women. Some of them right. it's issues with like their mother. Some of them it's, you know, their issues with themselves that they're trying to figure yeah. out. Um, and I think, um, like Catherine Bigelow, who's nominated, you know, in the ACs for excellence in direction. I think Catherine Bigelow has, has issues with violence. And, um, you know, I've, I've actually heard her, uh, someone who knows her personally, like I don't know who's worked with her, I should say, not really knows her personally, but no, has worked with her, that they, their theory is that she's a little bit of a sadist and that yeah. her, her films are all explorations of her sadism. So <laughs> that's another like, interesting take. You're like, wow. Well, um, good for her. I mean, you know, uh, what's his name? <laughs> who, who did? Wes Anderson. I mean, he has so many fucking father issues. It's ridiculous. Any movie he makes is about his his daddy issues. I, you look him look look him up. <laughs> look it up on the Google. <laughs> no, but seriously, I'm I'm always like I'm I'm watching his movie and I feel like I I I should be getting paid, you know, because he's he's dealing with his his like fucking daddy issues. And he does not That's like fine. women. Women I, are so can... peripheral in all of his movies. I don't care what anybody says. No, that's. That's fair. Yeah, thanks. Well, let's talk for a second about the. the I mean, aside from aside from the potential uh, possible rumored sadism of Catherine Bigelow, uh, we did have you know, some some women uh, oh, uh, nominated Detroit. for. Yeah. yeah. Sorry to cut you off. I uh, I just no I, no go ahead. In. I was like, wait, which one did she direct? Okay, Detroit. Mm. Got it. Seen it. Right. Yeah, exactly. And what did you what did you think of it? I I think it got two nominations, if I'm not mistaken. Uh-huh. Direction one and for film. excellence yeah. in direction, and one for the screenplay. Or for the film, I oh, think yeah. overall. But um, so I I I mean, uh, did you did you enjoy it? It was sort of a big. It was somewhere in between your big action yeah. film and a smaller thing. <laughs> what did you think? Five nominations actually for Detroit. Yeah, I mean, I, I I enjoyed it. I thought, I, you know, I, I felt like sometimes with films, I feel like they're just a really good public service. You know, the fact that this film was made, that this story was talked about, is just in its own, regardless of how artful it was, someone made a film about it. You know, I felt the same way about Fruitvale. It's like, that should be, everyone should know about this incident that happened. Um, it's yeah, amazing it really that people well don't. It's amazing that people don't, right? I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I didn't actually. I I, I had a lot of problems with Fruitvale. I knew a bit more about the story. I didn't know anything about Detroit before I saw the film. Um, but I was just really glad that they made a film out of it, and I was really mm-hmm. glad that I'm blanking on the name of the main actor, Michael B. Jordan, um, had a main part because I love him. But yeah, so Detroit, same thing. I, you know, I I was very excited that it was made into a film. It's a good little historical, I mean, it's well done historical bit of filmmaking. I thought the, you know, the cinematography and the costumes and everything were very nice ambient. You know, I felt like I was very much placed there. It's not cheerful. Sure. It's not a happy story. You know, I didn't leave there. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it feels like, and it feels like it's, you know, it's a story, a story from whatever, 40 years ago that could have taken place last week. It feels no different than, Absolutely. you know, it makes you... That's the overwhelming thought you have when you're leaving the theater is like, oh, like nothing, nothing has changed um, no. over, over time, basically, except for we're more, maybe more aware of it in theory now. Um, hey, let's, uh, let's talk for a second. Let's go back and talk about some of uh, the actors. You know, you mentioned Michael B. Jordan from, you know, somebody that, that uh, you know, we saw in Creed and, and Fruitvale and so on recently. But this year's 
acting award, the main or main performance award, the you know best performance in a major role, has some incredible performances in it. But I feel like they're all going to get sort of overwhelmed by Francis McDormand and Three Billboards. And Paul, I know that you <laughs> you must have something to say about that. Me? <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think you I don't think you liked it very much. Francis McDormand. Well, three billboards as a no. As I hated everything about it. You could, I couldn't. You couldn't sell me that for anything. I mean, and and I thought she was just mean, right? I mean, there was nothing really, you know, no character really redeemed him or herself. And I just couldn't understand why I was supposed to care about her and her plight. You know, she didn't even like her daughter. You know, they were, they just seemed all seemed miserable, right? And then it just seemed like it was a, it was like a, um, an, an advertisement for a vigilantism, which I, I thought, oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We haven't had a film like that in a long time. I think. <laughs> no, it's been a while. <laughs> well, no, the uh, what was the uh, the, the uh, Gran Torino? I think that's the last you know major vigilante film. Yeah, but now, but, but did, uh, did they they remade Death Wish. Isn't that coming out with? Um, yeah, that's a two, th- you know, for 2018. So yeah, we're on a roll with vigilantism. Yeah. yeah. So, so maybe that'll very... be next year's theme. <laughs> I was I was really sad about Three Billboards because I just felt alone, right? And I and and you know I I just I couldn't latch onto it, you know, in, on any level, and and I just walked away thinking that was just mean and not in the way that I wanted, right? I, I I like being depressed and you know sad after a movie, but I just I just couldn't get into it in any way, and I thought she was just I I don't know I think she wanted to play that character and she did, but I don't know. I don't see what, you know. I, like that. I think there's a lot of hurt in that character. Yeah, yeah you know, and I and I like that she looked real. I, I, that was that was good, for, uh, you know. And it, it certainly wasn't it wasn't a glamorous role, and and, and I I respect that. But I like that you guys had like you had the uh, Brooklyn Prince from Florida Project. That was good. <laughs> yeah, I feel a little bad that we that we did not include in here Haley Lou Richardson from Columbus. Um, I think that's a, probably one of the more notable snubs. Um, yeah, it's like we're getting to the point now in the year three where we have snubs. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, um, um, I know I know uh, that Paul that you like Melanie Linsky, Thedra. What sort of uh, any acting performances and any of the categories that really stood out to you this year? Uh, yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, I I did not see Three Billboards. I love Frances McNorman, but you know that's fine. I was sure. really really impressed with Allison Janney and I Tanya. I thought she was fantastic um and just so i I loved that movie very much um i had friends who thought it was glorifying domestic violence which i can see where you would get that but it's i i think that it was just viewing tragic a tragic childhood with a sense of humor which is what a lot of people with tragic childhoods do (laughs) yeah you know well it's it's a it's a slow motion uh, you know, watching a car accident uh, done in a humorous way, dark, like right. a dark humor, darkly humorous way, right? I mean, it's, um, it's how you process pain, you know, right, it's, it's right. sort of a healthy coping mechanism. And so I, I thought it was presented fantastically. But um, I also was really impressed with Lakeith Stanfield in Get Out. I'm mm. very oh, cool. excited that he made the ballot for that because he uh, he was just trapped deep in there and you could just see it in him the whole time. I remember yeah. walking up from the theater remarking on him and how amazed I was by his yeah. performance. Yeah, he really was good. Yeah. Uh, well, I was just going to say uh, 
John Boyega was nominated for um, Best New or Overlooked Talent, and I, I had a little problem with that because I was like, if you are the main character in Star Wars, you no longer qualify as overlooked. <laughs> I don't know, because, because I would say that, uh, uh, what's her name from Star Wars, uh, who's also nominated? Daisy, Daisy Ridley. Daisy Ridley. That Daisy Ridley is still, people don't really know who she is. I mean, they know, they're like, I recognize her. She's at that stage, as is John Boyega. But I still don't think they're at a stage where people... No, Will, we're old. Oh, we're old. The young people. (laughs) To be fair, John Boyega is kind of all over the place, I feel like. Um, And I love him. Attack the Black is my favorite alien movie ever. But... But he—I feel like he's getting a lot of parts. I don't—I I can't even think of anything else I've seen her in. Uh, she was in *Murder on the Orient Express*. Actually, she was great in it. Oh, I um, see. I didn't see it. I didn't see that, and I'm not sure I want to. Do we need to see that, Will? <laughs> um, it actually—I was really—I had uh, low expectations. You know, I just—I hate remakes. I hate remakes in general, and it just didn't really seem like you know. I hate anything with a bunch of A-list stars in it playing every character. Um, right. But. That being said, it actually is pretty well done. Um, you know, Kenneth Branagh made a, actually a pretty pretty good Poirot, so that's mm. right away like that helps the whole that helps the whole thing move along. And and uh, you know the, the the character actors with their A list talents were better than I thought. Like I would people loved the movie Lincoln. I hated it for all those reasons that I just mentioned, but I, I think this remake of Murder on the Express was was actually more credible and more enjoyable. Uh, despite the same sort of A-list talent, you know, mm. through and through. Um, I um, sp- just speaking of, of uh, snubs and A-list talent and and glorifying domestic violence, all things that we've touched on in the last couple of minutes. Um, I know there was a snub for you, Thedra, in the in the performance because I know that you liked Gary Oldman. You just like Gary Oldman. I, yes, so. I was uh, very surprised that he didn't make that ballot. I was going to bring that up. I mean, he was really, really good in that movie. Are you I, sure I, it just I wasn't his, his makeup? You know, because that was extraordinary. <laughs> the makeup was extraordinary, but I mean, even the way that he moved his his mouth, you know, like he he restructured the way that he like moved his facial muscles when he talked. And hmm. uh, I mean, I just, yeah, I thought he was, I was, it's a very, very tiny, tiny moment in time. I, you know, it was interesting i'm not you know a lot of the times with biopic films or historical films i i i don't walk away thinking wow that was a great movie you know it's i just feel like i saw a moment in time illustrated but his performance stood out to me i certainly wouldn't have voted for it as a best film but i definitely would have voted for gary holdman if he'd been nominated for the oscar or for that, yeah. sure. Fascinating. He was nominated for the Oscar and he did win. So he, he won. Not like he won. Right. He won. Yeah, he's not completely snubbed. Poor guy. But I mean, I wanted that guy. Poor guy. He's to settle for just the Oscar and not the AC, which is really, you know, unfortunate. Well, yeah, yeah, it's, I, it's yeah, really a lower award. I last week for for no good reason. Last week I I had this like memory like thing where I I remembered the movie Sid and Nancy right. Great mm-hmm. movie, sure. right? And he's amazing in it. But I was like, wow, what kind of fucked up world do we live in where he's winning Oscars for like movies that you couldn't pay me to see, and Chloe Webb, who played Nancy, is nowhere. Like, that's fucked up. That's what is she doing now? Mom on Shameless? 
She was the yeah. She was the mother on Shameless. I think mean, that was the last thing she did. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, you know, to me, like her role, you know, I mean, she. They, they were like head to head in that movie, and you know, it's just interesting to think how a male career goes versus a female career. Oh, absolutely. That, you know, and it's 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 cruel, really. And and um, I I I think she's amazing, and I thought she was just so great in that. I thought, you know, I got to look at his fucking prune face. In a movie, and, and, you know, she's probably still auditioning for roles. It makes no sense. Well, you know, she, she, did, uh, she did Twins and Ghostbusters, too, and I think that may have derailed her career yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I mean, she was, you know, she was definitely more of an, one of those kind of eccentric actresses, which Hollywood probably just didn't know what to do with. But so what? Yeah. Right. She also, she also did The Belly of an Architect, which is, you know... Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like any of us has any idea what the belly of an architect is. Right. You're, you're basically said... proving what I've said wrong. Don't <laughs> <laughs> forget it. <laughs> but uh, I mean, wait, that doesn't see... necessarily completely fault her for all of those script choices. Those could have been like what she got, and that would. Oh it, no, it know? definitely right. is. I'm sh- it's not like there's a big clamor when you know for for the women perceived as being not quite, you know, able to carry a picture, what they get offered. And then as they age, those offers get worse and worse. You know, it's, it's right. really terrible. I mean, We've discussed this before. Chloe Webb isn't the most conventionally, societally media beautiful woman. I mean, she's a very pretty lady, but she's got a very yep. specific look and a specific it's voice. Too. And you yep, can absolutely. get away with that when you're a guy. Sure. You can be funny looking and get all sorts yeah. of main parts. But... <laughs> Not that she's funny looking, but you know, no, you're right. Yeah, I see a lot of films with my mom, and she's constantly pointing out to me, you would never see someone that ugly <laughs> as a female role, you know. But you mean in terms, uh, so in terms of men? In terms of men, yeah. So she'll, oh, yeah, totally, she'll absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's so, why I said about, you know, about, about, about Gary like Oldman. Sp- well, yeah, Gary Oldman isn't like a total classic no. looker himself, no. but he gets all kinds of parts. All kinds of parts. Yeah. She should have. Been, she should have been that same sort of character actress, which she was. She was essentially a supporting character actress, which is great. You know, those are my favorite kind of actors. You know, the mm-hmm. small like Ned Beatty. You know, whatever Lee Grant. Like those are my favorite kind of like actors. You know, those little guys that pop up yeah. everywhere, and you're like, oh my god, that's amazing. But no, I love the character actors. Um, so and and Thedra, this is totally interesting that you go see movies with your with your mom, since I think that this year's you know AC's Oscars films in general is the year of the mother daughter film. Like it was oh. it was surprising to me. Like like you know there's so many movies that are about the mother daughter relationship. You know Lady Bird, I Tanya, mm-hmm. um, Columbus, Columbus, The Florida Project, Three Billboards, uh, and. Patty Three cakes. billboards, patty, patty cakes. cakes. Yeah, you know, None and, of and which mother I isn't saw with my mom. <laughs> wow. Are you? By the way, this is a segue. I mean, as a just as an aside, are, is there stuff that you're afraid to see with your mom? Is she's that kind of mom? Oh no. We'll see. She she. We went and saw it. We saw Get Out. We saw. We just went and saw Black Panther. We see all sorts of stuff. Oh, nice. Well, because because my my parents like they took they they insisted on taking me to see. Young Frankenstein at the drive-in Ooh. back in the day, and they cussed and, uh, and and made faces every time someone swore in the film. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wow! I could be so. That. It was not. 
And I was dying. I was just like, I was just like, I thought it was the most hilarious thing, but I felt compelled not to laugh during it. But anyway. my, my parents, they stopped going to theaters uh, after The Exorcist because they were so upset that she vomited on the priest. Wow. <laughs> so I was like, that was wow. a long time ago. That was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, anyways, like with film choices with mom, it really doesn't actually. Uh, factor in whether I mean mom will see anything it's fine but uh, I like to if I'm going to I only have so many moments that I can go see movies in the theater and if I'm going to I like I tend to go for films that I expect to be a spectacle because I can watch something later on my computer or my television Mm. you know that isn't going to be right and so that's why I would go see it or John Wick or something like that which I mom saw John Wick with me as well but because it's going to be big, yeah, I just, I mean, it's much more fun to watch in the theaters. I mean, the thing is, though, it's a fun, it's a funny thing. It's like these we've now bifurcated into these big action and you know sci-fi and whatever films in the theater, and then these relationship films, and it's sort of like there's almost nothing that crosses you know in the middle ground. Um, but it was a, it was just sort of like a I don't know where we're headed uh, when it, in regards to that. Like, are we going to end up with only all the low budget films will be like these relationship films, and all of the big budget films will be John Wick? Like, I'm not sure. Well, I I, I hope not. You know, like I was thinking about something like Columbus, where it was so beautiful, mm-hmm. and um, and it's such a shame if we're all reduced to seeing it, you know, on television or worse, you know, like on a tablet in bed, you know, like or on the or on the airplane, you know, something like that. You know, some. Some of these sort of real, you know, kind of beautiful visions. Like I, I like I agree. Like I want to see like like something that's gorgeous to look at, like on a big screen, or or great to listen to. But you know, it's so hard to to tell what's gonna what's gonna be impressive or or not that way. Yes, try, I rent I, I rented Wonder Woman and I watched three minutes of it and I shut it because I just to me on the on the you know my I have a good sized television, but. Wow, I just, and I thought this was a movie I should have seen in the theater, and um, maybe one day I will. You really failed women everywhere by not seeing it. Really, you didn't, I haven't you didn't miss either. anything. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Your mom is dying to see it, so you should talk to her about this. She, I don't think she is. I don't really <laughs> picture that as, as a feminist manifesto type of film. It's just a film about a female superhero. Right. Well, I think I think Wonder Woman, you know, the the character as she was written, you know, whatever, 60, 70 years ago, I think that that was the feminist manifesto, not that the film did anything to really further that. Yeah. No. Oh, well, I mean, uh, they it tried. Was very, it was very, very cool that all these theaters all over the U.S. did this. They had ladies night and then there was a whole thing with the Alamo Draft House in Austin. Did you guys hear about this? Mm-mm. Where? No. They had a, a women's screening, and then all of these men just lost it, like all these men's rights activists, and just flooded them with comments about how discriminatory it was to have this ladies' night. And then the Alamo Draft House, just whoever their their social media manager person was just on point. I mean, I, I probably read 300 comments just because... They were so funny the way they were responding to these dudes. But, like, but that like, was dude, the whole every thing. Night, just, every night is men's night. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was a, there was a theater in San Francisco, same thing, and it got all this slack. Like, oh my god, it's so horrible. There's this one night that you're not specifically invited to this movie, 
Like right. you were going to go anyway. <laughs> Yeah. Bigger picture. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, well, uh, ladies and gents, probably have to maybe have a conversation about just a couple more categories for time. We could t- we could do this all day, uh, I'm sure. But um, just talk for a second. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, you name a category, Emily, because this I, is your. I don't know. I'm just thinking about like what was my favorite movie of the year. Yeah, that's probably you a good know, place to go. It's, it's not necessarily the best. What was your favorite? My favorite. I don't know. Like, okay, so I, I loved I loved Mother just as a because um, it's crazy because it's because it's crazy. I mean, and and also I actually didn't think it was misogynist at all. I actually felt like it it really told an allegorical story of the plight of womanhood in like a truthful and awful way. Like I thought it was it was really good. But I don't want to watch it again, so I wouldn't say that it was my favorite movie of the year. <laughs> right. But so so I think like what. What movie do I want to like stay with me? I mean, I I, I loved I Tanya. I, I I loved the pace of it. That mother daughter relationship is is interesting, and I don't think it glorifies honestly. I don't think it glorifies much of anything, you know. But um, but it was it was great entertainment, you know. Um, I, I do feel like it was meaningful in a way that it demonstrated that you had this preconceived idea about what you know about your your image of Tanya Harding that was so manipulated by the, the press and the coverage of the sport and the people involved in the sport. And, you know, she was just a misfit that didn't fit in and that, you know, we're the same characters coming up in the news now. People would be rooting for the underdog. Like, you'd actually be rooting for Tanya Harding, I think, mm-hmm. which is the... That was the message that I got out of the film that I walked away with. Yeah, I, I had a very similar reaction. I thought, you know, I remember when this happened and I remember thinking that she was evil, you know, but it was just <clears throat> this movie made it so much more complicated, and yeah. you know the fact that that's this a good was, word. They were just every they were all against her through the whole thing. I mean, before yeah. she even got her career, she was this incredibly talented skater who just could not get a break because no one wanted her because mm. of her upbringing and her nail polish color. You know, right, right, <laughs> and her choice of music. Yeah. I, I also loved the square. Actually, it kind of like stayed stayed with me. Did did either of you see it? Nope. Oh, that's a that's a shame. It was a um, foreign, a, a sort yeah. of yeah, yeah a, a, a foreign film. Uh, and Paul, you've you've got to see it. It's a it's a sort of I don't really want to call it a spoof. It's a satire about uh, the the art world and about mm. a curator of a mu- of a museum. I know it's a it's a Ooh. it's a museum comedy yeah. curator of a mu- museum yeah. who um, he gets he gets mugged and he gets his cell phone stolen. So, um, uh, but and at first he thought like the the muggers did a really great job stealing his cell phone. Like that that was you know a, a excellent skill they had. But then he's got to get it back, and so here he is, you know, this kind of very privileged. Uh, guy in a very privileged job that um, that doesn't want to call the police. Instead, he wants to find out, you know, the thief on his own. And so he sort of embarks on this detective detective gone wrong into the projects. You know, well, at the same time, like everything's going wrong at the museum. Hmm. You know, which is nice. it, it is it was a fun it was a fun story. <laughs> uh, well, I just I wrote Phaedra, it down, uh, Emily. So you know, thanks. Oh, good. <laughs> Phaedra, how, how about you? What was your uh... Your favorite or or best film that you that you saw this year? Uh, I mean, it's probably a three way tie um, between I Tanya between John Wick 
<laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if One, I were two, being three. honest, but I'm not going to be. So uh, I'm just kidding. I, I love that I kind of, you, um, uh, I'll, I'll throw in another little uh, lady comment, which when I was watching Itanya, the one thing I thought critical was I don't remember them wearing such thongy costumes. Mm. And and then at the end of the film, they show footage of actual Tanya Harding skating, and I thought, oh, it's because they didn't. So they sexied their costumes up for the uh. show. But there were there there were several points in that film where I I would turn to my friend who is my age and say, what I, no one wore jeans that tight, <laughs> and, right. you know, or something. <laughs> right. um, so they, but uh, otherwise, I loved it. Um, I loved Get Out. I just it was such a fresh idea and so well acted and just great. I just very entertaining. And I, I loved uh, the shape of water. I know it <coughs> won the Oscar, but I was uh, really impressed by the setting of that film. You know, it's set in the fifties. They do all of this stuff with costume and furniture and what shows you see on TV and how the advertising art world works, but they also add the racism and misogyny, and those are part of the backdrop that they paint to tell the story, not the story, which I was very impressed with. Um, right. I mean, in a sense, in essence, it's a story about racism anyway. I mean, that's kind of what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Don't you think? Yeah, for, so. it's absolutely. But just for the sort of if you're if you're looking at it in a more I guess shallow way and just sort of for the straight narrative it's all of those moments where he would just say the most evil things to the the women and about black people and 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 when the artist would he changed the channel because he didn't want to watch the race right they're just depressing and I just thought it was really like simple little details that you, that I don't tend to see. You know, you watch, I watched something set in the 50s. They're like, yeah, and they wore this, and their hair looked like this, and this is the color their cars were. But they don't really include that kind of stuff in just the environment of the film. Yeah, that's very, very well said. I think I agree with you that Get Out, like, it's the concept of it um, that's really, not to say that anything else wasn't good or well done, but the concept Stepford of it was, Wives. It was the Stepford Wives. Hello, yeah, but <laughs> it was he. He said it though. He 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 did give uh, the Stepford Wives credit, but you know, still at the end of the day, Get Out was like a ton of fun, and I loved it. Yeah. And I I can't say a a bad thing about that movie. Um, but you know, did it deserve Oscar nominations? Probably not. Should it have won? Definitely. Um, yeah. But you know, it was a good you know it was a good genre film, and they he copied. You know, he did what I said. He took the template that, that already exists and just copied it. You know, it's like, don't do this because that, that'll make a bad movie. Do this and it'll creep everyone out. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think it was very succinct and creepy and I loved it. You know, some of the other films mentioned I really enjoyed. Um, just uh, honorable mention to Brigsby Bear. That's a movie that is just very sort of charming and sort of about childhood dreams as hanging on to them as an adult. It's got a lot of complicated things in it, but just the concept of that, it's the one where the uh, the kid grows up to be 30-something and he's still watching uh, this children's television show and he's, like, writing about it online. He's, like, the head of the, the uh, 
you know, people trying to figure out what the show means and it's, you know, cataloging its universe. And, like, people, there's people like this, of course, with every show, except for this show. He's the only audience because he's been held captive since he was a small child and the show is produced by his parents, specifically for him. So he's the only person in the world that knows this show and, and has a love for it. And so, uh, you know, a lot of stuff happens in the film, but, but basically, you know, his, he turns that situation into a, the, the show is more important to him than having been kidnapped, basically. <laughs> so that's an interesting one. Um, well worth seeing. And I, um, I, I loved Columbus. Columbus is, to me, it's the most beautiful film that I saw this year. And it's, the pacing is so slow and in a beautiful way where they're not in a hurry to, to do anything, but yet, it's you know it allows it allows the relationships with not only between the people but between the people and architecture because it's the, the yeah. you know, architecture of the modernist architecture of the city has a lot to do with the relationships and they they really integrate it. It's not just a backdrop; it becomes a real important part yeah. of the story. Yeah, um, I loved I loved all that about it. But I still I mean it's still for me. I Tanya is like everything a movie should be in the sense that the, all the pieces are great and they all fit together and work together to tell you the story in a really unexpected way. I mean, part of that is that I had an expectation of that I knew about the story before I saw it, and, and 15 minutes into the movie, I realized that it wasn't going to be just this romp making fun of Tanya Harding, but instead, right. you know, turn into a really powerful thing with, with great acting and camera work inside these, you know, when they're, when they're fighting or skating, it's like they, the, the camera work just takes you into the film, and then, you know, you're still left really feeling for the characters. Can't say enough good things about it. I'm, I'm really ashamed with the, the Academy, who just refuses to nominate anything that's seen as a comedy for its serious awards. It's so rare. Uh, yeah. And it's such a shame. Uh, I, mean, I, I think so. What was the, what's the difference in budget between something like I, Tanya, and, and Columbus? You know, I mean, it's got to be, I, Tanya has to be 10 times the... The budget. Yeah, you know, but I bet you most of the extra budget went into the music. Yeah. And the no, star. Uh, music and the star. You know, you get a you get stars that are more expensive and you get a jukebox movie like that where they have twenty five songs that they had to pay for big money. Yep. That's that's amazingly enough, that's where the budget goes. The shooting of it is the same, you know. I also that, you know, Columbus was remarkable because it's it's a um, directorial debut. That's his first for that's his first film and it's gorgeous. It's amazing. I'd like to say, uh, I, I, you know, I totally forgot about I don't feel at home in this world anymore. So thanks to you guys in the ACs, uh, I remembered it. And so that um, was a really great film for me. And one that I watched twice, which I never do. Um, and it's familiar and, it, you know, it's, it's familiar territory. But, you know, Melanie Linsky, she's, she's awful good in it. And uh, I mean, just, yeah. just, to, just to interject for a second, it tells this, it's basically a heist movie. But I, I saw the uh, premiere at uh, Sundance, and the director had a great quote about the film. He said, it's a film where every character is incompetent at whatever they're asked to do. They're not incompetent at everything in life, but just whatever <laughs> they have to do in the film. And that's where the comedy comes from. And I thought, that's, that's a brilliant analysis of that film. So It's, it's a, a heist movie where film. nobody's any good at anything. Yeah, it's a good film for oddballs. You know, it's like underdog uh, weirdos. So I appreciate you guys for reminding me how much I love that movie. And, uh, and that was a surprise. That was something I stumbled on. And that was great. And, uh, yeah, and, yeah, thanks. <laughs> well, well I'm, I'm writing that one down, Paul. <laughs> it's a, it's a <laughs> bad title. That was the only thing. I, I think the title's not great. But maybe that's why they did it. Um, 
So that would be the only yeah, the only the, bad thing. It was the title from the beginning, and they thought the whole way through that they were going to change it. And when they got to the end, they they all the Netflix people and the you know producers decided that they just that it was so so ridiculous that they were going to keep it. Like Florida Project, right? That was probably the same thing that that they just called it Florida Project. Probably. Yeah. Hey, uh, so so Thedra, I'm going to give you the your your last word on uh, the ACs and the films and. Uh, it could be, uh, I'm so excited about film, or it could be, I'm totally not excited about film, or it could be, I got to go now. <laughs> but I'll give it to you. I, I mean, <laughs> I love film. I, I'm very excited about film. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, you know, the nice thing about doing the ACs is I get to hear about all these films I've never heard of. Sometimes I'm a bit of a shut-in because I'm a writer, so I spend a lot of time at home. So it's... Uh, I just make a list based on the entire ballot of stuff that I want to go see. So um, in this conversation, uh, you brought up all sorts of films that I didn't see last year. So I'm excited to watch them. I'm excited to see what comes out this year. I hope there's another John Wick coming soon. And, uh, (laughs) I, you know, I was just commenting the other day that I was, I'm thrilled that they are starting to put easy chairs, recliners, and theaters because I feel like that means that people are, they're sort of reviving everyone's interest in going to movies. And I I don't ever want to not go to movies. And I get scared when they go digital or, you know, they started doing DVDs or whatever that people were just going to watch them at home. I just want to keep going to theaters. I just think going to a movie is just one of the joys. Here, here. There you go. There yeah. you go. Here, here. Paul, you got anything to add to that, or should we leave it on that note? Leave it on that note. I will say I did go to a reclining movie theater in Seattle, and it was one of the best experiences ever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Here's That's to recliners. I only go to that theater. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Hey, uh, Pedro, you mentioned you know the list of AC's films. There's 73 films nominated this year for something in the AC's. Uh, and uh, because we we know that it's, it becomes people's list for things to see, uh, we made a nice spreadsheet that has all the films listed, and it tells you what they're nominated for, and it shows you trailer links for them, and also where you can watch them, because almost all of them are available in some way online, uh, if not in the theater. And so um, that's something to look for at theacs.org. That'll be on our front page there shortly. And uh, you guys have been a wonderful... Uh, addition to the podcast today, and uh, I'd like to say you you will be allowed to come back. Oh, thanks! And, and I want to say, yay! yay. <laughs> and Maybe Paul, I'll figure out my Paul, computer by then. Oh, yay! And 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 Paul, you've been doing very well on your your recovery from the curmudgeonly. Uh... <laughs> oh, but I didn't curse too much. <laughs> uh, fuck that! Uh, yeah. Cursing is bad. You. And Thedra, well, you recovered guys. nicely from your technology, too, so that's good. <laughs> nice oh, chatting. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, I expect you to get your ballots in. Voting is open now for the uh, the ACs. You can go to theacs.org, uh, and there's a ballot on there where you can go if you're a, a voting registered member of the ACs. If you're not, uh, you can. Email us. At? At anything you want, because it all goes to us anyway, at theacs.org. How about member? Ship at theacs.org. How about I got something to say at theacs.org? About reclining or, chair or John Wick. John, John Wick. Wick at theacs.org. Yay! <laughs> okay, Thedra, Paul, thank you very much. Emily, for being with us. 
then uh, this is going to be it for the uh, this edition of the AC's podcast. We'll be back with the awards announcement in a couple of weeks. So Woo. stay tuned for that and look forward to seeing the winners. Very exciting. Very exciting. <laughs> bye. Okay, thanks. Thanks, guys. Thanks I really appreciate it. You did great. No okay, bye. 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 In that spirit, go out and see some movies. I'll bring the popcorn. You love popcorn. Of course, who doesn't like popcorn? Everybody likes popcorn. Hey, podcast listeners. Don't forget, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash theacs. That's T-H-E-A-C-Y-S or at theacs.org. I'm your host, Will Massasak, saying see you next time on the ACs podcast. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.